Hey everyone, BT here and welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. Before we get to today's Mindset Monday episode, I just wanted to let you know we did experience a few minor technical difficulties during the taping of this episode. This was a conversation between David and Steph around balance in business and whether or not that is in fact a myth. It was a quality episode. We definitely didn't want to shelve it based on a few minor mic drops. So we just wanted to alert you in advance that there are a few few moments during this particular conversation where Steph's mic does appear to go out. We've done our best to do what we can on this end to clean it up, but you're still going to notice it. Um, All that said, it is too good of an episode to not put out, so here it is in your feed. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener to the Successful Mind Podcast, and let's go ahead and get this episode started. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, David, I want to talk about balance in business today. Okay, let's do it. We get... Lots of questions from people about balance, and it shows up. It shows up in their in their. It shows up in their business in all sorts of ways. The balance between work and the family, the balance between the all the little things that happen in the business and what they're responsible for. Um, balance shows up in lots of different places, and I think that there's this. Is that all balanced though? Like the things that show so, up in the business and what they're responsible see, for? See, that's what I wanted to talk about because I think that people have a gross misunderstanding of balance. Mm. Right? Um, I, I wonder how many people have you actually asked them would, could you, uh, could you, yeah, what's, what is your, your individual definition yeah. of balance? I honestly think many of them would, wouldn't know the definition of balance. I think for some of them, they think that if, if they have balance in their life, they won't feel guilt. So it's an avoidance of a feeling. Yeah. Um, I also think that people think that if they're imbalanced, they won't feel discomfort. <laughs> right? Yeah. Out of balance means discomfort. And so how do I get in balance? How do I get in? And sometimes I, I hear balance and alignment used in the same way as well. Yeah. And that's not, those things don't even go together really. Right. So there, and there are people out there teaching that you can have you can have balance in business. Um, that hasn't been my experience. I don't know if that's been your experience. No. Nope. But I think the attainment of balance is is really looking at um, the attainment of comfort. Yeah. I think actually imbalance in business is what drives innovation. Yeah, I, I agree. The, you know, the interesting thing about it is that whether you're talking about business or family or a job or your church or your civic duties or social interests, whatever, everything has a certain amount of time that is required for it to be effective, for it to be successful, right? Your marriage, whatever. And when a person starts a business, that requires almost all of their time in order to be successful. There's not a, I mean, I think probably maybe, maybe, and, and I don't even hear this that much, but maybe if you had a business that was funded where 
you could hire a lot of the people right off the bat to be able to start it. You know, it had you had a you had a funding rounds for it, that type of thing. But most people bootstrap a business. You know, they're cranking it out in order to get it to a certain level, to where the it's not hanging by a thread every single day. Uh, where if something goes wrong, there's a catastrophe. You know, they, right. they, they'll be able to feed themselves. And when I started. I was married, I had four kids, and those things were very important to me. But I admittedly got rid of everything else because I didn't have a time for nothing. There was absolutely nothing, it was work. And when I wasn't working, I was doing my responsibilities as a husband and a father. Oh, it was the same for me. I think with our clients though, like when we really look at who we work with and actually probably who listens to the podcast, they're mainly business owners that sell their own knowledge or expertise. Yeah. Right? So you've got attorneys that sell their own knowledge or expertise. You've got consultants that sell their own knowledge or expertise. So they, they're- Service in a way. They're service in a way, mm-hmm. yeah. And that takes that takes a certain level of hustle, especially at the very beginning where things may feel- you know, quote unquote off balance. But I think you eliminate that off balance feeling by putting proper boundaries in place. Yeah. Like you said, I worked and then I was with my family. My family knew when I was working that I was working and when I was with them, I was with them. I think the lines get blurred nowadays because you've got business owners that are trying to answer texts while they're at the playground with their two and four year old. Right. Right, which causes that feeling of being pulled. It causes that feeling of guilt between work and family, and then causes them to say, "I don't feel like I have balance in my life." I agree. I think the w- one of the interesting experiences you and I have had over the years with working with business people and helping them set up their business was how to actually do things correctly. Or I. Not, I don't know if correctly is the right word. I'm going to go with correctly right now, but in ways where you're not causing other problems by the way you're doing it, right? How do you set up your calendar? How do you hire correctly? How do you delegate correctly? Who does what? So many people do things in a way, they start off in a way where they're doing absolutely everything and they stay doing that way too long, that it does cause an extraordinary out of balance because anything that goes wrong so they have to be they have to be notified there's nobody else in place to be able to do anything and that's where you end up you know you're on the phone or texting when your kids are in the pool or you know that type of thing yeah because you don't have proper boundaries and you don't have the proper support in place right i also see this this um balance play a lot with our female business owners um i don't know what what has been the last couple of like in a worse way or a better way? Like in a different way. So um, a woman, a female business owner saying, I'd really like to, to grow my own business, but it's going to take time away from my kids. Okay. Right? So they're actually using that lack of balance and their kids as an excuse not to grow, which then places the responsibility of their growth on their kids, which, you know, I'm not a fan of. Right. Like, don't do that to your kids. They don't, they don't, they don't need to be responsible. Right. Right. If you want to grow, there's always a way. Um, but I think it becomes an easy excuse that search for that search for balance and avoidance of guilt. Yeah. And I, you know, the other thing is I do think that there is something to be said for the adjustment of goals based on the, the responsibilities of things that are important to you. You can only have so many things that are important to you and you be present for all of them. Right. 
So you may have to adjust your goals. I mean, I adjusted mine when it came to building the business in the beginning because I wanted to be able to spend time with my kids. And then when I got divorced, it was important for me that I had the kids two weeks a month and I wanted to be as present as I could. So there were things with the business I didn't do or didn't even try to do because it would take all my time to be able to go to that. I waited. I waited until they were grown to be able to put more effort into different areas instead of trying to do all of that and then feeling bad. But you're right. We, we, we do see this. We do. I think we see it with women more than we do men. Yeah. There's a lot of mom guilt Mm -hmm. in the business world, unfortunately. Um, I think that's handed down. Oh, (laughs) if you talk to any, okay. If you talk to any female business owner, they're worried about what their mom thinks of their momming skills. Like my mom's in my ear saying that I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Like it, Either that or they've they've had a negative parenting experience with their parent and they're in that rebellion of, I don't want to be like my mom, so I need to be this yeah. picture-perfect mom. So it's either their mom is in their ear telling them how they should be doing a better job or they're looking at it from, I don't want to be like my mom. I want to be this this poster banner mom and you know do all the, the, the things that, from the perspective that they weren't happy with the way that their mom did things. From the perspective yeah. of the way, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. But I, you know, I think, I think business is more like when you you always say, look at nature, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are seasons in your business. There are times that feel a little bit more in balance when you're planting, like you're you're setting up yourself, you're you're planting the seeds, and then there are times that are that are very hectic when you're harvesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, for looking sure. at looking at our business, there are times that are kind of quiet, and then there are times that are insanely hectic, especially around our live event season. Right. There's no way to achieve any kind of you know quote unquote balance when you're when you're when you're in that place. And in fact, you don't really want to because you want to capitalize on the opportunity in the moment. Whereas if you're just all year long, you're at this like flat line balance. There's no innovation. There's no challenge. There's no, um, there's no adversity. And I think that when people talk about balance, they're really talking about, I just want to feel pleasant. I just want it to feel better rather than embracing, you know, the discomfort that comes with owning your business. I mean, I'm uncomfortable almost every day. Yeah. Like it's just, you get uncomfortable being, you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, let's talk about how you did it because you stayed married through the whole thing, yeah. right? <laughs> we, we don't, we don't all have that, that uh, experience. Um, you stayed married through the whole thing and you raised your kids from little kids to, a, to adults through that period of time. So, and I watched you go through the transitions, but tell everybody, what were the struggles that you went through when you did that? Because as you grow, you found out that you couldn't do things just as a, as a single entity, mom, wife, you know, uh, leader, like it, it, it pulled you in so many different directions. How did you handle that? Well, I think one of the things I did was I planned for the imbalance. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. I planned for the imbalance. So you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I could see it on the horizon and I planned for it. I mean, it's funny because Brandon and I used to joke before we would do a really big, you know, large, large event. It's three days long. The night before he'd say, you know, see you next month, basically, (laughs) which is kind of a joke, but it wasn't a joke. I mean, I would see him that night and, you know, we would talk through everything, but 
he, like we talked about, this is where my focus is going to be for the next two weeks because this is so important to, you know, our own personal goals and the growth of the company. So I would plan for the imbalance rather than fight against it, rather than try to make balance something that that it kind of was an impossibility of being there. I would also set up self-care for myself. So again, going into a live event, I knew at the end of the live event, I would be completely emotionally exhausted. Um, live events are really highly emotional for me. I get, yeah. I, you're, you're in everyone else's energy. You're constantly giving. A ton of energy. You're, you're helping people. You're holding space for them while they cry or they have a big breakthrough or you're answering questions while you really just have to pee. You know, like <laughs> you're putting yourself very much in the back seat of the car mm -hmm. to provide an experience for someone else. And I know that that takes a toll on me. I'm, I've said this before, but I'm quite an introvert. So it takes a lot of energy for me to be on, quote unquote, on for yeah. multiple days. And so physically I, exhausting. And physically exhausting. Because you're running around this massive hotel for, yes. for four in days. Heels, you know, in, in, you know, in, in heels. Banks trying to look good and put a smile on my face and all that stuff. So I would, I would plan like a week after the event, there would be a massage, you know, like, no, you don't go on vacation right after an event ever. That's where follow-up takes place. Uh -huh. The event's not over after the event's over. You still have all the follow-up, but you can put things in place that you've, you've got a dangling carrot to look forward to, to take care of yourself and bridge that. So you really plan for that, that imbalance rather than trying to fight fight against it. Okay. This is what it's going to be like. That's going to be like this for a couple of weeks and that's okay. Rather than, Oh my God, this is what it's going to be for a couple of weeks. How are we going to like, how am I going to, you know, get through this and manage it? And it was also, it, it was an ex explanation that you had with Brandon and the girls too, oh, right? 100%. Like how, so yes. how did you do that? What did that look like? Um, I, you know, it's, we've always just had open open and honest communication, you know, in our family, it probably took place around dinner because we all, we have family dinner every single night. Um, and it basically was like, this is going to be a really hectic week. Um, if you've got something that's coming up that you need from me, can you please let me know by this time? So like, if you need something for school, I'm not going to be able to get it for you this week, but I can get it for you the week before. So, you know, this is coming. I know this is coming. Let's plan in advance for that. Um, we also knew that generally the week after an event, I wasn't going to be making dinner. So it was going to be, all right, you guys are on, on, are on dinner detail to make sure that that still happens, but it takes something off of, of my plate. So we really just, we, we just planned for those, for those rough waters, for those hectic times. Now, occasionally something would happen and still happens mm. where something unexpected happens. Like, you're expecting something great from this one thing that you're doing and it's crickets and you're like, okay, we've got a short time frame. We need to pivot all hands on deck. Now that's some business wise gonna, you're talking that's about. Business wise, yeah. right? Okay. So some, some imbalances you can plan for cause you can see them coming and some, they kind of hit you upside the head like a brick. Right. Right. But the idea is that you see that, okay, guys, this is what's happened. This is what needs to take place now. And I'm going to be checked out. For the next couple of days, I'm going to check in with you every night, make sure everything's okay. I'm going to say goodnight to you, but my focus is going to be mostly on fixing this or solving this problem. So so let's just take fam family first. So through your family, you were looking at all the different responsibilities, not just yours, but 
What are the kids going to need? What is your husband going to need? And then you guys talk through those things and figure out different different solutions for those needs. Like, because the needs don't go away just because you're doing an no, event. No, the needs just right? keep going. Yeah. Yeah, they don't go away. And then you figure out solutions prior to it. So you're not waiting. And then everybody is having a catastrophe need that is not being met because mom's busy doing something right. different. And, and Brandon, I mean... Brandon's at the events too, right? He's yep. running all of our sound equipment. He's in charge of many things that are going on in the in the back. So both of you are doing things and the kids need right. Need things. Yeah. So it's really just about pre-planning and managing all of that and putting sorry get parents in place. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So people right. that you can you can count on that can step in in those instances and and lend a hand. Um How did you That's a good question though. Let's let's just touch on that for a minute because one of the things that I have noticed was that you bridged that surrogate parent thing with a, a lot of class and, and expertise. And I don't know if that had partly had to do with the fact that, that you and Brandon were teachers, but one of the things that's been interesting is when we recommend to people, you know, like, do you have a nanny? Do you have a tutor? Do you have, like, if this is right. what is required, do yeah. you have that? And they have tremendous guilt around the idea of bringing somebody in to, to, you didn't seem to go through that that much. Um, what was that like for you from an emotional perspective? Did you have an issue with it or no? So I think that it was the guilt that caused me to change things. So I did go through it. I felt really guilty when the kids were young with the amount of time that I was gone. I was gone a lot when they were little. Yeah. I was traveling to VIP days with you in Baltimore. We were going to events. I was working with another company and I was flying to San Francisco quite often. So mm -hmm. I was gone way more than I wanted to. And I missed things that made me really sad for missing. And that that wasn't just, it was guilt. Cause like, these are my, these are my, my little ladies. Like um, I want to be a part of everything um, in their life. Um, it was the guilt that caused me to step back and say, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And there has to be a better way. There has to be a solution. And, the, you know, I've talked to so many moms. There was one client of ours a long time ago who couldn't, she felt so much guilt just for asking somebody else to drop her kids off at school. Like she felt like the worst mom in the world just for asking for help for that one thing to drop her kids off, right? And getting her to realize that that quality time can be spent somewhere else, um, having a conversation with her kids about why someone else is dropping them off, but even something so little as that can spark the deepest amount of guilt in in a woman who has, you know, a mom and a mom. And that's kind of because that they were taught they had to be everything to everybody, right? All the time. Everything to everyone all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because not every not every civilization has been that way throughout history. We know that there's been a lot of a lot of people where help was the norm. You know, even if you look at tribal communities, like they all worked together. You know, people had very specific jobs, but you know, the kids would be taken care of by the males or the females of the tribe or whatever. It's it's interesting how the world that we know today has kind of has this idea. It's, it's almost like, especially for women, they're given a double message, right? Like being a mom's not good enough in and of itself, right? You need to, ha you need to have a career. Um, and then you do that and it, 
it takes a tremendous amount of energy and focus and growth. And yet you want to, you want to have this family and then you feel like you're not being a good enough mom or a good enough wife because you're not paying as much attention to the family. So it's, it's, um, it's rough. It's, I mean, we see women really torn, like really yeah. emotionally torn with this, with this conflict. And I will say that this isn't just, this does, this doesn't, this, blah, 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 blah. This just isn't a mom problem. This is a dad problem too. Mm -hmm. Like we get this in, in our, our coaching where, you know, the dad's trying to be everything to everyone and he, he's lost touch of who he is and what he wants. And then the business fizzles because he doesn't have a driving passion anymore because he's so worried about making sure that his family is taking care of his kids are taking care of. He's being the best husband possible. He's being the best dad possible. He's being the best, you know, business leader possible. And he's, he's lost his sense of who he is and what he wants for himself. Yes, like I he, went through that. You don't carve out time to actually be by yourself to know what's important to me. What what do I want for me? To me, that's out of balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me, and I'm just speaking for me, I, I went through, I was trying to make everybody happy but me and yet still be the person that I needed to be at work. But it seemed like the things that I was doing at work were in, was in conflict with the person that my spouse wanted me to be with in the marriage. So I, I started slowly over time making decisions based, pre-thinking what other people wanted and making decisions based on that. And I stopped making decisions based on what I wanted because what I wanted would only cause more conflict. Right. And it's like, I don't have any time for more conflict, right? I'm, I'm making sales, I'm doing everything to grow the business here, I'm traveling constantly. And I'm trying to keep the conflict down at home. And I'm trying to be a dad to, to, to four kids. And I woke up one day in a, uh, there was a, it was an argument that uh, me and my ex had. And I was horrified after the argument. I remember sitting at my desk and thinking to myself, because it required me to make a decision, which I made. And I realized I didn't know if I was making that decision because that's what I wanted or if that's what she wanted if that's what if i was making this decision for a different reason so i started looking at all the decisions that i was making and i couldn't tell i mean i literally lost that sense of self-balance where i could not tell why i was making a decision and it took a long time i mean i had to get so conscious about making decisions right wrong or indifferent this is what you want make the decision to do it if it's a mistake you have to correct it but i had to re-get to know that side of me again and it's, I mean, it, it spilled, I think it definitely spilled over into my second marriage also, because at heart, I'm a people pleaser. Like I want people I was, to be happy. I was just going right? to say, this is so hard for people pleasers and peacekeepers. And yeah. you, you and I are both people pleasers yeah. and peacekeepers, yeah. right? Um, because you're, ha- you're, you're at peace when other people are at peace. So you work really hard to make sure other people are at peace right. in, in, in doing that, you really lose sense of who you are. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are listening to this can relate. Yeah, and another thing that I think is interesting about it is that the people, so many people today that are starting that they're starting their own businesses, come from that more family oriented background, like that Midwest middle class working class mindset. And it's not so much that the business itself is hard. I mean, yeah. business has come such a long way. We know this is what you need for all these different things. It's yeah. it's 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 kind of cut and dry 
at this point in time, even though they have to learn skills. But the emotional conflict that goes with it um, is, I mean, it, it seems like it's probably 85% or more mindset for a person coming out of that, learning who they need to be in order to be successful because it's very different. It's so, to go from, I, I want to make decisions so that everybody's happy and the family's happy and we can have a great holiday and all of this. I got to make very tough decisions on the other side and not everybody's going to be happy with those decisions, right? In fact, people aren't going to be happy with those decisions, <laughs> right. right? I think exactly. that's where this, this like question around balance comes is it's, it's very uncomfortable to be a successful business owner. Um, you're constantly bumping up against yourself in your own, your own limiting beliefs, your own limiting thoughts, your old paradigms, whether, you know, we were, we were all, we were all kids at one time. We all took roles in our families, whether it was the peacekeeper or the rebel or the peacemaker or the, the savior or, you know, the good student, you're all still, you're all still playing those roles, right? Like, I mean, unless you've done a whole lot of work on yourself and I mean, I slip into those roles sometime, the victim for example. Sure. Right. So, you know, it's, I think that people don't understand the requirement in business to just welcome that discomfort. You know, there's a great, there's a great uh, quote. It's super famous. I have no idea who said it, but it's, uh, it's something about, you know, calm seas, a skilled captain does not make. Right. You know, and I, and I think a lot of people think balance is the calm seas and it's not. Yes. It's as if they're like, we we say this to people all the time. Success isn't a destination. If you, you, if you think about it as a destination, like if I could just get to this place, the money, the team, the people, whatever, it's never going to, you're always going to be disappointed because that it's not a, the place doesn't exist. I was just on a coaching call with someone, um, a really successful business owner. He's grown, um, happens to be an attorney, he's grown his firm very, very quickly over the last, oh, I think he said it was about 18 months. And he said, the craziest thing happened to me. And I was like, what, ha- what happened to you? He's like, I, I, I looked at my bank account and I saw that I had made a million dollars. And he's like, and I didn't feel different. <laughs> the clouds didn't part, you know, right. like, I didn't, I didn't feel different. And it's, it's this, like, that's the, the destination versus journey thinking, yep. right? Everyone's like, Oh, I just want to get to a million dollars. I just want to make a million dollars a year. I just want to make a million dollars a year. And then, and I nothing think, changes. I think so many of our clients who have hit seven figures have said the same thing. Like, I know, I remember, I remember Angelique Rue was saying this to us. Yeah. She looked at her bank statement and she had made a million dollars and she was like, Oh, huh, how about that? How about you know, that? Like again, you know, Angels didn't sing from the heavens. The clouds didn't part. Right. And they all say, and, and cause when, when I hit that place, it was the same thing. It's such an unconscious expectation. You can't actually say what it was you were expecting to happen either. It's kind of like everything's the same. Well, what did you expect to happen? I'm not quite sure, but I like those. It didn't happen. They, they just hung all their hopes on the fact that once they got $2 million, everything would be okay. Yes, because that's what we're taught, right? That is, we hear that so much. Oh, millionaire, rich people, you know, they don't have these issues, but nobody ever creates the cause and effect of our mind of what that actually looks like as a practical application. So 
and and it's that lottery mentality um, that we put out there. If you could just get, if you could just win the lottery, if you could just get this, you, you would never have to worry about anything again. And we know most people that win the lottery, their lives are devastated because they're not psychologically or emotionally prepared, and they definitely don't have the skill set to manage that kind of money. So it's it's horrific. And I think about that with business too, like little businesses, little problems, big businesses, bigger big problems, problems. Yeah. right? So you grow as a leader, as your business grows to be able to get to a point where you can handle those problems. But if you're constantly fighting against those problems and you're, you're seeing adversity as something that's being done to you rather than something that's being done for you, right. you miss the lessons that create, that, that create you into the leader that you need to be yeah. to really be able to um, stand in that big business. Yeah. The the other thing, you know, is that w- that so-called balance that a person's looking for, that idea opens up opportunities for you to grow and do different things. And I think one of the things that kind of stymies people is they think that they don't have a choice. They think they can't hire somebody because they don't have the money or they can't bring somebody in because they're not a good mom or a dad. It's a they should really start thinking about it as, oh, these are opportunities to show me what to do next, not what I can't do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.